Hello there. This is an incoming transmission from the Outer Rim Beacon. Everything leading up to this moment has been rehearsal. The real performance is about to begin. I'm counting on it. Ladies and gentlemen, you have now tuned in to the Outer Rim Beacon, your frequency for everything in that galaxy far, far away from uh, only three members of the Bad Batch to the original four or five, however you look at it. We got you covered. Uh, I'm Justin. I'm one of the hosts. <laughs> joining me, uh, we got the two the two Hasbro crew here going on. Yeah. Uh, joining me today is uh, Kyle. Yeah, this is Kyle, and uh, here we are to talk about another uh, adventure of the week with the Bad Batch here. And yes, like you said, their numbers are dwindling. Yes. They're dropping like flies, the Bad Batch. Although they they like to pick up a straggler here and there, so who knows they, who who might come along for the ride. Yeah, it's... um. You know, they're down to three, and it was interesting because Tech, you know, at some point in this episode, and I know we'll dive into this in a little bit, but Tech at some point in this episode says to Omega, we were here before Echo was, and we'll be here long after, or something like that. Well, I and think I'm that like, probably, bro. Yeah. That probably <laughs> you stung her a little numbers? bit. <laughs> that probably stung her a little bit because Echo <laughs> was part of the team before she was, so what does that say about her, you know what I mean? Right, like, dude, like... I don't know if you noticed or not, but you're down from five to three. So, um, and I tell you what, Hunter's leadership is absolutely the worst. So, um, what does Hunter do again? I What's don't his know. deal? He has a face tattoo, so people think he's dangerous. <laughs> I don't get it. So, okay, question. So, in this episode, and I know we've got news and notes to go over here. Um, in this episode, did you notice like when they're looking at the storm in the beginning on the horizon, he like kneels down and he picks up the dirt. Like he's gonna do something, like toss it in the air. So no, he, he just drops it. Anything. He didn't even do anything. He just, he just drops it, it again. Yeah. And he's like, "No, the storm's heading." He the didn't other even way. like feel the ground or like, yeah, give me something. Sniff like, the air, like wet your uh, finger, stick on. it up in the air. You know, test the air, air pressure, whatever they do. Like nothing. He just like picked up the dirt and dropped it and was like. Ah, the storm's not going to bother us. It's moving. Yeah, the other way. I don't know if they didn't really think his abilities <coughs> through thoroughly, or like I, they're just not pulling it off. He's like, yeah, he's not even like a great tactician or any. Like he doesn't ever come up with the plan. He doesn't ever. I mean, he calls out like a you know the well, plan seventy two or whatever you know every now and then. But like, I don't know. Like, like Peyton Manning calling an audible Omaha, Omaha. Yeah, like every once in <laughs> a while. But even that, like you don't even really know what it means. And no, yeah, he's not doing it for me really. No, and I, I Wrecker is very one dimensional, so it's mm-hmm. hard to mm-hmm. develop anything there. And I know we'll talk about this here. Let's dive into um, let's dive into a little bit of news here, real quick. Um, Star Wars Celebration. I know it's the last thing you want to talk about, Kyle. Um, seven weeks out from celebration europe only seven weeks so it's super close we had a new round of celebrity signings today uh carl weathers will be joining the crew brian herring who played bb8 and samantha eleni uh who is i believe the first female stormtrooper on film um to play a stormtrooper so she's definitely a female stormtrooper i can confirm Uh, that Yes. Um, super cool, though. Super cool thing, though. She is actually signing autographs for free 
uh, out there. So if you're going to be at Star Wars Celebration Europe and you want just a free autograph and you've got a picture, you know, with her in the film, then bring it and she'll sign it for free, which is super cool. Carl Weathers, on the other hand, is only signing flat things, posters, cards. Don't bring him a figure. Do not bring him a pop. Do not bring him a figure. Do not bring him anything three dimensional because he isn't going to sign it. Let me, let me ask this though. How, how strict are we being? What if I bring a vintage collection figure on a card back and ask him to sign the card? Does that count as a flat thing? What do you think? Or is he going to turn it if away? It still because has the part bubble of it on has it, a bubble. I'm assuming it. I'm assuming it's a no for him. Whew, hard pass. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know why that is. Like maybe he has a hard time signing the bubbles, or doesn't want like liability I, if something I'm happens. I'm gonna guess, and I could be a hundred percent wrong. This is just me taking a shot in the dark. Is that um, there's a much higher likelihood that if you sign a collectible. Which, if you're signing something flat, you're pretty much signing an image, right? You're signing mm-hmm. a photograph. I mean, maybe somebody will have some random like printout of something. Who knows? But you're right. you're signing a uh, an image. You're not signing a collectible. And if you're signing a collectible, there's like a a much higher chance that it's going to be resold. And maybe he's not down with that. Yeah, that could be too. I don't know. Um, and and a lot of them have their own rules or guidelines or whatever it seems like, like a lot of people them. don't like to sign the pops maybe it's just yeah. difficult to do or I, I, it doesn't sit well, no, right on the uh you in it at at celebration anaheim wasn't doing lightsabers like you couldn't hmm. bring lightsabers in to have signed which was kind of interesting so i didn't um, know a lot of people asked to have their lightsabers signed i i mean i'm sure they do if he enough asked that he said i don't want to do that <laughs> Yeah, and I, I don't know if it's like the actual like lightsaber, or they mean like the case, the blade, the case. You know what I mean? The, that it comes yeah. in. I don't know. So I can't imagine um, like signing the hilt of a lightsaber. That seems like it would be crazy, right? Yeah, I don't like. It's a very limited space, right? Uh-huh. On the on the and it's curved handle, and it's metal. Yeah, yeah I, I would imagine that's a challenge. So um, I was happy. Uh, Ashley and both Ashley and Rosario had no trouble signing the Ahsoka LE box that I brought in. So that was, can I say one thing since you mentioned Mm -hmm. Ashley? Yeah. Uh, I'm a huge fan on record. I have multiple autographs. Get out of here. I have multiple, uh, photographs with her. So I say this, uh, without an ounce of malice in my heart, but she is one of the most expensive, um, autographs and photo ops at pretty much every convent other than celebration, you know, with mm. everybody and people like you and McGregor and Hayden Christensen and whatever. Uh, but if you go to like a Lexington comic con or a Atlanta, uh, comic con was the one I was looking at today. Cause it's next weekend. Um, she's, the most expensive one on there for next weekend. She's like 200 bucks for, a, for an autograph. Uh, and that's gone way, 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 way up, which is uh, a sign of her popularity and good for her being able to demand that price. But, right. um, right. you know, at, as a fan, I got to say, I'm, I'm glad I was ahead of the curve on this one. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> um, I think Carl's was but like what a hundred pounds. 
I don't I really know the conversion at celebration. But like it's that. a little over, I think, a hundred bucks. I think for that, I don't remember what Ashley's was on the site. Um, all of those, though, if you're if anybody's going and is interested, all of those are those um, photo ops and autographs all available for the on individuals the website. they've announced. Yep, are available on StarWarsCelebration.com. So go check it out and purchase your your signature. Just remember, Carl only signs flat things. Yeah, so. maybe it might be time to download the app. Actually, you know what? Speaking of, I don't think I ever downloaded the app in Anaheim. Did you? I did, but it it didn't serve I much never purpose. Used well, it. so I remember the only in thing Chicago, that we used there was it for, stuff to scan, and there was like little games on it and things like that. The only thing I think it had the virtual queue. Remember? Oh, like, you know what? I guess I did download it. Queue. I just didn't use it for anything other than that. Yeah, that was basically all I used it for because I think the year prior. When we were in Chicago, we tried using like the store, like the the yeah. purchase online at the store, and that was a hot mess because the app wasn't working. But so, remember that year there was like <laughs> barcodes or like little QR codes or something you could find around the sh- the show floor and scan them. You were mm-hmm. then it entered you in something or other, or whatever. Which I don't know if anything ever really came of it, but it seemed like another little like activity to do with it at least. Right. Right. Um. Yeah, they definitely need to uh, upgrade to more. Make it a little more interactive, especially with the amount of time you spend sitting in line. Give us a little something to do, like with each other on the phone. You know, while we're all just sitting there. Now that's my that's my um, tip. You're on on the sideshows as well, sideshow.com. They around Halloween uh, during Spooktacular, they put out a a game. That's a little eight bit game, and it's oh that uh, thing was I pretty. What fun. his name is, Sir Something or Other, and it's just a yeah. simple eight bit game. He's a it's a side guy. scroller, and as you go through, you get codes, you get discount codes, um, and reward for rewards points, which is super cool. Like it's like one dollar here, it's a little tricky here. to get every it single is. thing. It yeah. is, um, and a lot of times there's people that will help you out in, in the community to to do that. But if if celebration for me, those like people that, are Justin. <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, I am always happy to help. But uh, yeah, usually it's like you find a dollar code here, a dollar code here, like a three dollar code here, and then when you beat the game, you get like a five dollar code. I think I ended up getting ten dollars in yeah, rewards codes. Eight to ten bucks off the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it would be nice if uh, Celebration maybe did something like that with the app yeah, and just put a sure. little simple game out there to play that could be fun. So like, see who gets the highest score. You know, it doesn't have to be a reward or anything at it, but like, hey. Yeah. I'm playing this game too. You're playing this game. What's your score? Like another conversation point. So, um, we do have, I just wanted to share one thing. I didn't really have a lot of news. I did finally start reading, uh, star Wars high Republic, the blade comic. So the Porter angle. Oh, is comic it good? That came out. Well, it's, it, it's only two issues in, and I think it's only a four part run. Mm-hmm. So I'm halfway through. And so far, like nothing has happened. And I got a feeling the latter two is when all the crap hits Business the fan. Picks up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we do meet um, who he considers his sister. Uh, I'm trying not to give like too much away, but uh-huh. we do meet somebody who he considers his sister. And during this time he is cooking. He is not nice. good at it by any means as to you what we've seen in the somewhere. higher public where everybody says he's really, really good. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's not bad. I mean, it's not bad. The artwork is I was is hoping great. to get it collected. Um, once the whole thing's out, mm-hmm. I like a trade. I think the next one drops March, early March, so it's not too far here. 
but yeah, I picked up uh, I picked up the other two at a local comic store here, um, right right up the street. I didn't even know they were there, so oh, cool. found that one. So yeah, Pack Rat Comics here in Hilliard. So shout out to, to them for having shop. it in stock. Yeah, local comic shop. Buy comics from your local comic shop, people. Support small business. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, that being said, let's dive into a little bit of Bad Batch. So this episode is season two, episode nine, The Crossing. Directors were Brad Rao and Nathaniel Villanueva. Uh, writers Dave Filoni, Jennifer Corbett. Cast basically consisted of The Bad Batch, Omega, and Sid at the very end. And yeah, that was it. Sid. Nobody else. It was very... Yep. D. Bradley Baker doing all the heavy lifting <laughs> yes. this week. Um, yeah, it was... Um, I-, I would say there wasn't... It wasn't super action-packed it wasn't um you know from where we just left off with the emperor given this huge speech to basically throw the galaxy into more chaos and introducing the stormtroopers and basically getting rid of the clone troopers this was like all right back to another side quest but it did have some interesting things in it and i know like i think you know in our group chat you and and josh were in one place on this episode i'm in a little bit different place because i I do like a little more than me i think it was a bit of a bummer well i would say this it was not to me it was not as filler as the riot racing episode even though that was a little bit more action-packed i feel like this was a little bit more character development certainly with omega and tech um, and I think she sees tech a little bit differently now. Um, but I, I got a little bit more depth out of it, I think, than, um, you know, what I was expecting. Um, but yeah, cause yeah, it, it started like, Hey, side mission, um, again for Sid. And I just don't know, like at this point, what is, what are the bad bats trying to accomplish? Are we just going to, are we just going to watch them? go out and do something to try and make a little cash and report back to Ord Mantell for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Like what are they, what is their, week in and week out. what is the long term goal here? What are we ultimately trying to do? I'm just like, I don't get the point of it really. Right. I mean, I understand I mean, like tech said, yeah, I'm autistic and Omega said, yeah, I'm sad that, uh, that we're, that we're like down to four people now and we mm-hmm. lost our ship house right okay cool like i feel like still what's the point you're just gonna go back to sid's bar and wait until she tells you to go do some other kind of bullcrap thing yeah and it's it's interesting because all of these missions that sid seems to send them on they fail at pretty much every single one of them right like the riot racing that that was successful but the only thing they really did was bail sid out of debt Mm -hmm. and free her um they lost what I forget whatever the, the driver's name was like he got wrecked twice. Um, Oh, that robot. Yeah. The robot, he yeah. got wrecked twice. You know, when they went to on the adventure with Fee Genoa, not, they came back empty handed from that. Um, basically every mission that they've done this season, they come back empty handed. There's nothing. Uh, well, was it? I the think crates, the crates in the, the first episode or two, right? The big ship crates that came back with nothing. the, the treasure from um uh Dooku's, Dooku's planet. Um, yeah. 
war chest. Serrano. Serrano, the war chest. Yeah. yeah. It came back empty handed uh, from that. Well, so. and I think that's sort of like an indictment of Sid's intel more than the Bad Batch's capability. Uh, they kind of screwed the pooch this week. They were not doing a good job of keeping an eye or protecting on their ship on a planet that they know has hostiles. Uh, and, you know, that was kind of a dummy mm. move, blowing yourself, blowing the opening of the cave up and locking yourself in or caving yourself in or whatever you want to call that. Uh, but, you know, generally it's just a dumb mission to begin with, you know, mm -hmm. it's a stupid thing. They're even attempting. Right. I don't know. It was, it was interesting because I've, and I'm going to, I don't know if you've seen this. I've seen it floating around out there a little bit. I watched that, the episode. What? Well, no, no, no. no I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not the episode. So there's a theory floating around out there that, uh, Sid is setting them up and that the whole theft of the Marauder was an inside job because, if you look at that planet, there is literally nobody else on that planet. And the only other person that's been in that ship to this point has been Sid and Fee, right? Mm. And I can't imagine in, I mean, the dude, he gets to this mine, he puts a key card into the thing to unlock the door, just like you would your house or your car. I can't imagine anybody can just walk on a ship yeah, without a code. Some kind of security measures. Yes. It, What's so, essentially their home. Yeah, so there's this theory kind of floating around out there that uh, Sid basically set him up. That's why she, she bought the mine. She knew it was empty. She knew they'd have to park kind of a ways away from it where they couldn't see mm -hmm. the ship. She sent somebody to follow him to steal the ship, and whoever it was was very heavily disguised, right? The feathers down the side of the helmet, the goggles. So you couldn't really tell they looked, who it was. They reminded me of Hondo Naka for a split second. Yeah, uh, a little bit. Yeah, just um, the kind of overall vibe and hat situation. Yeah, and and then obviously Sid told him, oh, Hunter said something in the beginning, oh, Sid said to look out for poachers. Well, poachers are normally like game. Killing animals. Killing yeah. game animals. They're not stealing ships, number one. Yes, yeah. they're still dangerous, but that's a different story. And this was one person. This wasn't a group of them. This mm -hmm. was one person on some little... Hover and that, scooter that thing. Uh, little town or outpost or whatever that they were able to walk to was 100% abandoned too. And yes. when they called Sid, she's like, I can't, I can't, uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe in a couple days, whatever. Like if that's your um, moneymaker, so if that's your shady. crew, why are you leaving them stranded there? Send somebody to go pick them up, right? Possible. It shouldn't take Possible. a couple days. So that gives her time to do whatever dealings she is doing with other people mm -hmm. or ditch the marauder. Or just hope they, they die, you know, on this kind of somewhat desolate planet alone with, you know, you'd right. like to think eventually they'll just call somebody else. Right. But, mm -hmm. uh, they're also fugitives. So how many Not people many are people in their Rolodex call. that they can just, you know, send an open message to. Right. So I think it, it left a little bit of a cliffhanger at the end. And I don't think it's, uh, I don't think that was a bad, um, I don't want to say assumption. I don't think that was a bad theory. I think it's a sound theory in that makes she sense. basically On set paper, him up. It makes she's sense. She's definitely shady. It's hard though, too, to go, 
all right, you know, she gave him a job. Why would you, why else would you give him a job and keep him around to do all this stuff if you really didn't want him or if you didn't need him? You know what I mean? Right. The only thing at this point that she knows is a value is probably the Marauder and Omega herself. And that's it. Unless somebody paid her off to trap them somewhere. Right. You know, and then, you know, if somebody crosshair or rampart or whoever traced them back to Sid, maybe rather than just trying to confront them head on, it would be easier to have Sid kind of pay her off to set them up in some kind of way to either just take care of themselves or be in a situation where they can't really defend themselves as well, where they're Mm -hmm. a little more helpless or whatever, something like that. It's also possible. I mean, this has been a whole lot of adventure of the week every single week. So it could all be nothing. It could, we could just be right back at Sid's place next week. Picking up. <laughs> oh, really glad we got off that planet, guys. Yeah, oh, yeah, this, me too. Like, that was your really mission, hard. You choose Thanks, to Sid, for picking us week. up. Exactly. And then you're like, well, wait a minute. What happened? Like, <laughs> I don't I don't see that. I, I don't see them doing that. I wouldn't but be sh- I really wouldn't be shocked either way. I know. Or I know. I um, And to be honest, I haven't looked up the name of next week's episode. Not that that would indicate, uh, you know, what what is happening with this one being called The Crossing. Maybe the next one is the other side i don't know um but i haven't looked at what the name it's of called retrieval retrieval oh, there you go so so stands to reason they get retrieved. picked up by somebody <laughs> right um yes so we'll have to wait and see but yeah i you know it's it's basically hey go to this planet mine this new mineral that we just found out about called ipsium which is apparently highly volatile um Go ahead and not totally you know, take dissimilar from coaxium. <laughs> a lot of right, right. We mine it; um, it blows up. Yeah, yeah. So go get this stuff from this very volatile planet. This volatile mineral from this volatile planet. Um, you know, bring it back to me. Clearly, the mine is depleted. Uh, I don't think Tech feels like Sid didn't know about it. I'm going to guess she did know it was pretty well depleted. Um, but uh, they end up. You know, they get them, they mine like one thing of it and they get it out and uh, all chaos kind of ensues. Yeah, they the get very little stolen. out of out of Sid's mine. <laughs> There's hardly any in there. They get outside and boom, the ship's flying off. And already, mm-hmm. you know, the S is kind of already hit the fan. So uh, mm-hmm. they got to start hoofing it. They, they flew over a little outpost chasm. on the way in. So they just start walking. They said it's like 40 clicks away. Nobody's mm-hmm. psyched about that. Who would be? They're walking through some valley with sheer cliffs on each side and almost got Lion Kinged like Mufasa (laughs) by a bunch of gazelle or whatever kind of antelope type creatures running through the cavern, Uh, you know, but they make it out. Of course, they climb up on some kind of land bridge thing up above with with their grappling hooks and wires and whatever. and, um, And then, of course, they find that these animals are stampeding because they're running away from this sandstorm that's right behind them. So they're running and they, they find another cave mine, another mine and go to hide Mm -hmm. in there to wait out the storm. And of course they drop the Ipsium that they had already mined and it gets blown up and 
caves in the opening to the mine that they just went in and they're hoisted by their own petard. So they're trapped in the, they're trapped in this new mine that they just discovered that actually has a bunch more ipsium in it than the other mine. Um and they have Which they had of, no problem robbing. Right. They were they were like, well, "Oh, this isn't our mine. This isn't Sid's mine. Let's just go so, ahead and take so this." The whole ipsium, finders like, keepers situation in the Wild West right. out there. Um, right. But yeah, they they have so they have nothing other than whatever they brought in with them, and this is when Omega is feeling real sad because the other guys they're they're being a little more practical. That you know they've been through a lot more stuff. They are actual trained soldiers who are used to you know losing assets and and having people join and leave their their crew or whatever and uh mm-hmm. they're just dealing with it a little better uh they're kind of practically like well you know there's really no sense in uh calling echo because he turned off his comm and he's doing another mission and whatever and there's no sense trying to hunt down the marauder i'm sure it's gone we're never going to see it again and omega's still attached to those things and she can't really handle it as well. And, and text like, what's your issue? It's just deal with it. Be, be fine. It's fine. Whatever. He's just, he's a robot. Let me, um, and she didn't yeah, like let that. Me, let me play that audio because this is where for the first time, I think Omega kind of lets her emotions out in front of the group. Um, and they're all kind of like, I think they're having a hard time understanding why she's so emotional about it when you're right, Kyle, they're clones. They see this stuff all, they have clones coming and going all the time. It's nothing new to them. Um, but for mega, this was like the first time, uh, she's had to deal with this. Something's not right. The Marauders transponder isn't relaying a signal. It was probably disabled by the thief who commandeered it. Well, then, how are we going to track it? The ship's not important right now. We need to get out of here first. Quite correct. Besides, it is most unlikely that the Marauder will be recovered. What? Don't say that! We have to get it back! We can always acquire another ship. It is merely a mode of transportation. The Marauder's our home! We already lost Echo! We can't lose that too! It's also not wrong, it's just a ship. Omega, we didn't lose Echo. He's just... On a different mission. But he's not here. He's he's not with us. Yeah. We're supposed to be a squad. This squad existed before Echo was a part of it, and it will exist after. True. What is your issue? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I don't know much about women, but I know what's your issue is usually not the right thing to, to say. I want to be alone. Though. Right. I merely stated the truth. She already knows Just the truth. Facts. That's why she's upset. I mean, and this is tech to a T, right? He doesn't process emotions the same way that other people do because of how he was created and who he is. So, you know, he's going, I don't understand. Like, we, we can't really do anything about what has already happened. We can only do think what we can do moving forward. And that's all he knows is continue to process and continue to move forward. So um, it was just an interesting conversation. You could hear tech getting a little frustrated with her too. And he's like, what is your issue? And it was like, dude, like, and she's, she's a kid. She's not one of them. She's, she's not, she's not trained to be a soldier. She's not aged 
so she's still processing, you know, feelings well, she and just emotions doesn't as have a kid ex- would. Experience. They they yeah. lived through an entire war. Yeah. So, you know, it was hard for her. And she says, yep, you know what? I just need some time alone. So she goes off in the cave somewhere. Also not a real great idea when you're in a cave that you don't know and you don't know what's down there. But um, she goes off. She ends up finding a little pocket of full of Ipsium and basically starts mining it uh, while Bad Batch basically tries to, you know, remove all of the rocks from the debris that that caused the cave in so they're they're trying to get out that way and then um at one point i think you know they they disagree like oh we're never gonna get out this way and text like well okay since the cave-in was my fault i should probably maybe go look and see if there's another way out smart finally um and then he ends up finding omega drilling out well they also told him he needs to handle that too he needs to fix it yeah um like bro you you caused her to get mad you need to go apologize and fix it and he finds her minding ipsium but this was a big um this is kind of an important conversation too because as as on the nose as tech is right um he i I still don't think he totally trusts omega with what she's doing it was evident in the beginning like hey don't slip up because you could cause this whole thing to blow up and then when he finds her like mining it again on his own on her own you know he's like dude you're aware like what you're doing could cause this whole thing to blow up and we all die and i think he still has some trust issues which i can play here omega omega i'm busy I can see that. (laughs) Are you aware that you are surrounded by enough Ipsium that if not handled correctly, could take down this entire cavern? Then you better not distract me. Ouch. Thought we could use this to blow our way through the cave-in. I came to a similar conclusion myself. Little help? This vein appears to be much more pure than what we found in Sid's mine. Perhaps you should extract as much Ipsium as you can. You trust me to do that? I am fully aware you are capable of the task. Grab the empty vials from my satchel. Doesn't say he trusts her to do it, just says I'm fully aware that you are capable of the task. And and basically like, yeah, I, you can do say. it. Yeah, and that seems like Okay, I yeah, I think you can handle it, and uh, let's just keep going with what we're doing. Um, but anyway, she tries to reach for a little bit of Ipsium that's a little further out. The drill kind of gets that little kickback, right? Like it went in, and then it spun out of her hands, and she slips and falls down this really dark, bottomless chasm. And uh, Tech didn't hesitate to dive in after her, though. He he kind of positioned himself and then jumped off that ledge right Honestly, her, good so. for him, I guess, but that was dumb. They have no <laughs> idea what was down no there. I mean, down there. honestly, the, the planet had a sandstorm. It's a desert with rocky, like, cliff sides, and there is literally no reason to expect there would be water down there. So I just, she fell far enough that he could not see brave. I guess that was dumb, but dumb. (laughs) It was stupid. And he like, 
he they really both should have honestly died but there was a giant underwater river obviously (laughs) um moving very quickly so he he grabs her and then kind of floats with her and they go through some more tunnels and pop up on this beautiful like cave with water and um they're stuck there but at least now they have comms and they can get a hold of uh hunter and and wrecker up top and basically said well we found a way out we need the ipsium you got to get down here um but this gives grab our gear in yeah grab our gear so here's what you got to do you got to navigate this perilous tiny hole and then drop down this shaft jump in the water i don't either i mean he probably could have ripped a little bit out but um the I, the hilarious part was at the end of the the tech and omega conversation when they're down there on the beach like as it wraps up kind of nicely you hear wrecker in the background just going ah and then he just kind of falls out the waterfall into the pond and then he gets to the beach and she goes see it wasn't that bad right and he just like is laying there and he puts his thumb up not like this and he's like i'm good bro um that was pretty funny but yeah there was um there is a, a great conversation between Tech and Omega on Echo and really kind of about Tech and who his development is. This is a little bit longer of a of a dialogue between the two of them, but I felt it was uh, poignant to add into this episode. We will be out of this cavern in short order once they arrive with the mineral. Except we still don't have the Marauder nope. or a way off this planet and we can't contact Echo for help. We do not need help. We will figure out a solution, as we always do. Everything is changing, and you don't even care. I am not sure how I should care about change. It is a fundamental part of life. Echo left. Why doesn't that bother you? I am aware that you miss him. But we have to adapt and move on. That is what soldiers do. We're more than that. We're a family. Aren't we? Well, (laughs) I... He's struggling. Yes, of course we are. Then why don't you act like it? Echo chose a different path, as did Crosshair. I have to respect their decision. Even though it can be difficult to understand, we must carry on. I may process moments and thoughts differently, but it does not mean that I feel any less than you. Yeah, so he's... He's basically said, like, I process things different than most normal people. And this was, I thought this was great because this is everybody. This is all humans. Everybody processes things differently. Um, you know, and it, it's not that they don't care and it's not that they're empathetic or sympathetic. It's just different people process things differently. And tech is struggles with that because he's obviously been programmed and trained to, you know, just be look at the analytics of things and not the emotional side of things. Whereas I think Hunter and Wrecker and uh, even Crosshair a little bit more get more emotional with those kind of things than he does. But even he says, he's like, I'm not 
I, I, it's not that I'm not upset about it. I just, I can't process it the way that you do. And it's like, but I do feel for them. I, I do feel, and I do, I, I have to, I, I don't understand their decision, but I have to respect it. I felt like they were definitely like making him analogous for being autistic. It's, I mean, essentially what that is. A little bit, yeah. He's, I mean, essentially neurodivergent. He processes emotions and feelings different than other people. And that's not a bad thing. It just, it's how do we help individuals or how do we recognize that in other individuals to help them process those feelings and those things a little bit more. So, Or just understand why they're reacting the way they are. Exactly, exactly. And I think, you know, before the show we had kind of talked about Wrecker, I think Wrecker is a very one-dimensional character. It doesn't mean that he doesn't feel. It doesn't mean that he doesn't care and he's not sadness. And actually, he had a conversation, I think, with with Omega in the very beginning. He's like, what's with you? And she's like, oh, I was just thinking about Echo. And he was like, uh, yeah, well, you'll you'll get past it. You'll get yeah, over it. And he's just like, eventually. yeah, it'll be okay. Like, we'll, well, we'll move on. He doesn't on. really know okay. what to say either, but at least he knows he's supposed to try and make her feel better. Right. Yep. So I, I, like I said, I thought this episode was great. Like as far as tech development goes and his character development. And and it's been, um, it seems like it's been all season though. Like everything's been centered around tech. So I'm also a little worried that we lose tech at some point now. (laughs) Um, cause I've, I know I've said it before like tech, if they didn't have him, the bad batch does not succeed in half these missions because of his planning and his thinking and the stuff that he does. Cause Hunter clearly does not possess those same capabilities, let alone lead. I hate to say it, but I'm just not super like invested in what happens to any of these guys right now. Like what are, what are they working towards? Like, I don't feel like any of them are in particular danger, but they're not, they're also not really trying to accomplish anything. So like, I get it. Like I mm-hmm. get your deals already. Like I get your thing. I get Hunter's yep. thing. I get Wrecker's thing. I get Omega's thing. So like what are what are we trying to do here? Like I I, I we got to we got to get to the point here. We're about to be on the 10th episode. 10th. <laughs> the 10th um, episode airs this Wednesday. I mean, give how many me a do break. We have? Nothing's 16? happened. Is it 16? Yeah, 16 episodes. Yeah, and it's we've and, we've done nine of them already, and at least five have just been episode of the week yeah. kind of silly adventures that are never ever ever going to matter in the grand scheme of things. I don't, I don't. It's hard too because they're going to be competing against Mando here in what two weeks? Is that right? What's, uh, what's it's that? soon. Yeah. yeah so it's, it's in soon. like less than two weeks. They're going to be competing with Mando on Wednesdays. And and don't get me wrong. If you're a diehard Star Wars fan, you're going to be watching both. Uh, yeah. There's a huge cross section that's just going to watch both. But I, I mean, for this show, just for the quality of the show that they're making, like, what are we doing? What's yeah. I'm sure they did not sit down in a room together and just say, you know what people really want to see? They just want to see us go out and do a, a random thing this week and for no reason. And I then love go do that. another one about? the next week. I, it just it doesn't yeah. make any sense. And it's I, I told you that, I think, uh, whatever, a couple episodes ago, I, I said, I want to love Bad Batch. I do. I really do. But And when they deliver the content, like the Crosshair Cody episode 
or the last two that we just had. It's great. It's fantastic. The show is amazing. But then when we get back to these kind of filler things, it, it, it's very, I don't know. I don't want to say lazy. It's just, it's lackluster, I guess is, is a better term and it's not super exciting. So, um, I don't know. I, again, I, I want to love Bad Batch. I do, but um, when I enjoyed I the first season, and I enjoyed three of the episodes this season, I, it's not like I am just a hater or anything. I don't think, but I don't. I don't know. They got to tell me that like we're working towards something, or that there's something for me to be curious about. Like I don't. I just don't. Next week we'll yeah. see what adventure they go on. I guess like what I, that's not. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say the one thing that has been consistent in this season, uh, has been the absolute gem of one liners that record delivers on a weekly basis. Uh, and this week he delivered this one. Ah, I hate this planet. (laughs) And I am using that going forward when people do stupid stuff on this planet because it fits so perfect and i am so excited to use that soundbite now so thank you wrecker for continuing to bring me comedy gold if you will oh yeah see it just it, it's just so easy with him it's so easy so uh anything else that you want to touch on about this episode before we uh wrap this up and head out of here i think that covers it for me all right well let's let's uh That was our recap of Season 2, Episode 9, The Crossing. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, as always, uh, go you find us anywhere you find, listen to podcasts. Go, go out there, like, subscribe, rate, review, do all the things. Recommend us to your friends and family. We try to keep it pretty family-friendly, so if you've got younger Star Wars fans that want to tune in, we do try to keep it more towards the PG-13 side, I would say. I don't know. Yeah, somewhere somewhere in that area. Yeah, somewhere in that area. So, um, anyway, you can find us anywhere on social media, Outer and Beacon. Um, you can find me, Justin, on Twitter at I am the Bendu. Where are they going to find you, Kyle? I am KB underscore legend on pretty much all the social media. All the social medias. So, as always, get out, do something Star Wars y, and may the Force be with you. Always. I really want to play that record sound bite again. Bye. (laughs) Bye.